Welcome back to another episode of One Take, the official podcast of the One New Zealand Warriors, proudly brought to you by the TAB. Yeah, well, I was thinking this the other day because I picked up this one when the um, when the Chili's came to town. Oh, that looks alone. mad. Yeah. yeah, this is awesome, man. Yeah. But even um, I went to a Dave Chappelle concert a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Yeah. They had like, you wouldn't think comedians have merch. Bro, the line was outside Spark Arena. Far out. Like around the corner. Yeah, Crazy, I, they got to bring it over, which means that sort of freight is just insane. Yeah. Wouldn't matter to Hazard though. Eh? He's got yeah, a I think I think he might on. be able to. He might be able to afford it's it. Cash. But um, yeah, I actually he cops a lot of he cops a lot of stick. I, I reckon in terms of like his style. Now it's not my style, no. but I love that he leans into it. It's yeah. mad. He knows his demographic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just got to play on it, man. Good on him. All right. Well, look, we are very excited to have you in here, Jello. Um, obviously, you've got a a story that's pretty unique to most people, and you're a pretty unique guy. But first of all, brother, we like to do a little bit of a check in, Ben and I, and just ask. How you going? Which I know is a vague question, but how are you at the moment, brother? How's life? Nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm in a bit of a transition at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, coming away from footy, um, retired for the third, third time. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had myself set up. I was doing the well-being stuff now with the Warriors, which is yeah. awesome. I love it. Um, but it's also when you do something you love, uh, sometimes you've got to have that job that you don't love to kind of make it all work. Yeah. You know, and that job for me was plumbing last year. Started a plumbing apprenticeship and then it just wasn't me, man. You know, I'm underneath the house thinking, nah, this ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um also flooded Dan Vittori's house. But that's <laughs> that's a different story. That's a different story for another day. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> he listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> He's a big fan, yeah. Dan. He's on here. He's on here next week. Yeah. <laughs> um but nah, so I still I definitely want to be in sports, you know. hundred percent I want to be in sports, but yeah, it's it's been tough trying to just you know, there's so many aspects of sport. It's such a big industry. Mm. Just where can I put myself, you know? And yeah. um, it's great to have a base here at the Warriors, man. It's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your role at the moment. Like we know you're in the well-being space. Mm. Um, how did that kind of come about? Because I do just want to kind of get to your story, bro, because I find it, and I know Benny as a footy fan as well, we find it very interesting just your path through football. But let's talk the well-being stuff first. How did it come about? Uh, what does kind of a day-to-day look like? Without giving too much away, kind of, What's yeah. your team look like and what's your responsibility? Nah, so it came about, I always, um, me personally, I always keep in touch with people just in general. Mm. You know, if I'm driving past someone's work, I'll go and say hello, have a coffee. So same kind of thing happened. Um, I was doing real estate at the time. and um, Selling with Galling. Selling with Galling, yeah. <laughs> That's the one, man. It's the ultimate tag. And that rolls off the tongue. I know. Beautifully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hot. It was hot for a summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, market tipped a little bit and then yeah. – um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> tough times, but um, uh, I called in here just to have a chat with Jerry because yeah. um, uh, just check in on him and see how he's doing. That's Jerry CSU? Yeah, yep, big yep. Jerry CSU. So he's head of well-being here. Mm. And um, it was just good timing, really. I said Ben Ben Henry that was here for years and um, yeah. Jerome Rowe Party as well. They've both kind of moved on to different things. So it was like there's a space opening up in the well-being. You know, if you're keen to jump on this well-being course, we can train you up and, and you know, see how you go. But the course has been quite tough. It's me and Lee Son. Um, oh, no. oh, well. I, I think yeah. I saw him in here. When were we leaving the other day? He was pulling in. Yeah, he was yeah. In here a so he weeks does ago? the well-being stuff too. We kind of split it. Right. Okay. 50, Sweet. Fifty part-time. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Charlotte as well. She's just Charlotte Scanlon. She's just retired as well from the yeah, camp. yeah. Um, so we got a good little crew, man, oh. in the um, in that space. But um, yeah, that's just how I ended up. That's how I ended up doing the well-being stuff. Yeah. Mm. What about um, wider than that transitioning out of football? I know a lot of players do struggle, and mm. you are obviously a pretty upbeat guy. And despite flooding Dan Vittori's house, you've um, you seem to have landed on your feet, all right? How was that process for you, bro? Because I know we always like you and I always joke about the fact that you keep retiring and unretiring. But yeah. um, I could assume, bro, without getting too deep, a part of that was that you 
perhaps were struggling to find your identity or at least maybe weren't as willing to let go of footy as you thought? Is that pretty fair? Or Yeah, it's pretty fair. Sometimes you have an idea of what it's going to look like when you leave footy. Mm. You know, I had this idea of, all right, I'm going to go away and just start these, um, you know, sports tournaments and stuff, gaming tournaments, things like that. And then you get out there and you're like, oh, this doesn't actually pay any money. It's fun when you're playing footy because the, the bank account's looked after yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know? but it's yeah. just mad how you can just hold this idea in your head. And I didn't really probe into it enough. I kind of just focused on footy and be like, oh, well, I'll be, you know, I know what I want to do when I finish. And that is still what I want to do eventually, get to that point. But, um, yeah, you don't really know until you're in it. You know, and you see a lot of players retire and come back. You know, sometimes it's not exactly what they thought and they want to, um, they need that little bit of time in footy just to, you know, give them some time to think and time to get stuff together. So, yeah, yeah that was that was kind of it for me as well. Like the whole transition thing, it is tough, man. Like I'm still going through it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm quite, I'm quite open with the boys about, you know, how important it is just to try something. You know, a lot of them do have ideas of what they want to do. I'm just encouraging of, you know, try something. Yeah. You know, start building towards that. Because you might find, you know, go do a couple of days work experience. It's not what you want. Mm-hmm. you know or you know pick up a course in it and start building those foundations so when you do finish you know you've got something to stand on you're not just yeah you know trying to leverage off your name because i want to i want to leapfrog off that but first benny like um from a fan's perspective brother like what do you think because I, I, the warriors and i'm not just saying it because it's a warrior's pocket <laughs> genuinely do very well in terms of assisting players in that transition yeah. what do you think bro as a fan like uh, can we it's hard for us to relate to it, but mm. what do you think could the game potentially do better or maybe uh, what sort of infrastructure needs to be put around these athletes? Because transitioning out of professional sport, not just rugby league, it can be hard sort of adjusting to, to normal life, right? Yeah, I think it was just mentioned, like when you're in it at the time, I guess you, you think it's going to go forever and, mm. and you're going to be sorted. But once you come out of the game, like you're a long time retired. So mm. I think just finding that passion and then trying to find a lane where you can turn that into a, a job is huge. So I think just encouraging players to like explore things more while mm. while they're playing. How hard is it, Jello, like to Benny's point, how hard is it, bro, to, to be a rugby league player, to play for the Warriors requires so much of you in terms of your, not only your physical application, but your mental application. Because mm. we've got, you know, New Zealand is our catchment, which means that, there's always someone coming to take your position. So I find it amazing to think about, like it's an easy thing to say, oh, you know, go try something Mm. or have a crack Mm. in this avenue. But if if I put myself in the professional athlete's shoes, and this is kind of what I'm going to ask you, is it hard to do that when you know how much it requires you to just get picked in that 17? Yeah, definitely, man. How does that sort of balance? Because you're a guy who's done both, so that's what I'm asking. Yeah, definitely. It is hard because like what it takes of you to be at your best (laughs) – you want these guys just to be in the moment. You know, you don't want them dwelling on past injuries and past form, mm. and you don't want them, you know, skipping off and thinking about life yeah, after thinking about at life 23. After <laughs> no, because at yeah. 23, 24, you just want to enjoy the moment. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have to be worried about what you're going to do afterwards. Mm. So a piece of me just wants to leave them to enjoy the moment, mm. but a little piece of me is like, just take, just drip feed, just yeah. have a little. Have a think. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just have, to have a thought about it. Don't yeah. have to, you know. Yeah. Get a day off training and, you know, start compromising your career. Just have a thought about it. But at the same time, enjoy the moment. Yeah. You know, just give everything to this that's happening now, your sports career, because, um, yeah, it's important. You've worked hard to get to this point. Enjoy it. Speaking yeah. of enjoying it, uh, there's few players I've been around that have enjoyed their football careers more than you. Uh, walk us through sort of the career of Anthony Jelling, mate, the highs, the lows. Where did you start? Um, and then we'll get to where you ended because Benny and I got a few questions about uh, about your latest Cook Island stint. But talk to me about your football career, bro. Kind of walk us through where you ended up because you've yeah. bounced around a, a fair bit in your time. Yeah, no, my career was kind of backwards. So um, 
I remember when I was I played the Auckland 18s team yeah. here in New Zealand, and that was with uh, Shawnee Johnson, Nuffy Salawini, like Satonga oh, Nuffy Nuff- was a nice player, bro. Yeah. Nuffy was, was it was a gun team, like yeah. a really gun team. And this was when Toyota Cup, had, I think it was maybe third year Toyota Cup had been running, and so they kind of had a squad that was set for. Yeah. You know, the Warriors 20s. And I was trying to real hard to break into it. I was playing back row at the time. I think it was like... They would have Benny Mutz in that team and stuff like that. Or oh, he was a little bit man. after, yeah. He was already training first grade. Yeah. I was like 80-something kilo. And they're like, nah, you're not a back row. Like, you're too small. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. So I played that Auckland team. I was lucky enough to get picked up by the Roosters. Mm. So I went to the Roosters. Same thing. They're like, oh, you're not really a back row. Play center. And when you put the weight on, you can go back row. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool. And so I'd done two years at the Roosters and then got sacked <laughs> at the end of that. Yeah. Um, a prank we played. We're trying to put a piece of poo up in the air vent. <laughs> Just stupid. You know when you're a teenager and your brain yeah. hasn't fully developed? Yeah, yours so, still hasn't fully developed. <laughs> so does Dan Vittori need a chicken? Yeah. What's the go, bro? What's the go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is stuff like... like That's stuff that it, like established first graders might be able to get away with. Mm. Not an well, undersized 18-year-old. Oh, miles, yeah. A few months before that. So yeah, yeah they, they came down hard on us and we got sacked. Brian Smith was the coach at the time. Yeah. Um, I kind of had a feeling like, you know, you it was, weren't it was me anyway. and my other mate that got sacked. I thought our, our bridges are burned here. He stayed and played for Newtown, but he, he was a lot better than me. Yeah. You know, he was on the verge of signing for first grade, um, Sammy Brunson. Yeah. You know, he was a gun player, man, played hooker. And I just thought, uh, I, need a, I need a, you know, pick myself back up and try somewhere else. It was just good timing. I came back, played for the Vulcans that year. Um, 2011, all three grades make the final. Yes, of yes. course. Yeah. Um, that year I was playing cup and playing local. Richie Blackmore was the coach. Mm. He bought me a car at the start of the season just to help me get to training and stuff. Mm. Just like a little two thousand, three thousand dollar bomb. Yeah. But at the end of the year, I still owed him money. I hadn't paid him back for the car. <laughs> so he said to me, "If I if I pick you as 18th man, yeah, you're going to get fifteen hundred for a matchy. Can you pay me that money?" Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, sweet." I'm like. <laughs> Yes, I'm like, Richie Black. Black. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just thinking, yes, I get like, I'm going to be watching the grand final from the sideline. Like, yeah. how good is this? And then um, I warm up for the cup, whatever. I'm walking off to get a shower when the game starts. Mm. And the cup rules in, you can have as many as you want on the bench. Yeah. Um, but you can only, only play four players. So I think the doggies, we played the doggies, they had like eight on the bench. Yeah. They're all dressed and ready. Um, our bench was all forwards. And on the first play, um, uh, what's his name? Big C. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Lousy. Oh, Sione Lousy. Yeah. Good yeah. Sam Lousy. No, yeah. Sione Lousy was playing center. Made a, makes a break. Sione Lousy was playing center. He was playing center. World's biggest center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, he was gun. He killed it that yeah. year for us. And then um, I was walking, heading back for a shower. Um, he throws the ball inside on this line break he made. He pulled his Achilles. No. So he rolls into touch. <laughs> and I look back at the bench and I'm like, <laughs> Hold on, these are all middles on the bench. You've got four props. Yeah. You're just thinking you're going to be up in the stands watching yeah. the GF. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, what happens now? And then I look at Richie's going, come on. I was like, oh, shit, put my boots on. Played 79 minutes. Of oh, the that's final. unreal, bro. Yeah, it was unreal, man. And then from that game, got, um, got scouted, picked for Wigan. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, man. <laughs> crazy. That's yeah. a sliding doors moment, man. Like, yeah. you imagine where your career would be, like, Hypothetically, I'm sure Wigan will probably already have a look, but like, let's say, <laughs> imagine if you didn't owe him for the car. Yeah, I know. You owe just, that car, bro. No, you owe that car. That's crazy, man. It's crazy how the world works. And I'm always open to how the universe is playing out. Yeah. You know, if you actually just just pay attention, this is why I like, like I like to meditate and stuff like that, because when your mind's quiet, you can pay attention to little signs and little things. Love you know? that. You know, it's real awesome. Like, I remember talking to you. When did we first meet before you went to Aussie? Yeah, we would have met. Yeah, we had a beer up in Tutukaka. Yeah, East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But little things like that. Like, I always think I'm meeting this person for a reason or something's 
You know, yeah. the universe works in funny ways, man. You don't know how, but. From a footy perspective as well, what was your time in the UK like, bro, if you had to sum it up? Because you, you, you had yourself a, a decent bloody career over there, man. Yeah. Super League career. That nah, was awesome, man. Like, I was lucky when I went there, we had some real OGs like Pat Richards, you know, mm. Tommy Lulawai was there, Jeff Lima, like some of the Melbourne boys when they got done for that salary cap got yeah. picked up by Wigan straight away. So when I went there, um, they had Michael Maguire coaching. He had, he had just left, but he had created a culture that was like, we're here to win. Jeff Lima was slept on, eh? Yeah, in those like in those packs that you think back, like yeah. you think about like obviously like Kevy Proc and all that, mm. and even Blairy obviously yeah. was a gun, but like Lima, uh, Sikamanu was Sikamanu part of that squad oh, as well. That's one scary bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they had a gun side, bro. It's yeah. mad how fast these Clearly. names, like yeah. the names, just drop out, eh? I can remember them running, but I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I can't his name. Yeah, so yeah, you had yourself a little squad in Wigan. Carry on. Yeah, it was yeah. Mean. but it, it was just like. I'd never been in like a high performance um, kind of environment. environment like that before. And I was always like real casual, like cruisy has always show up late to everywhere. Because even when you're playing cup or something, you can show up late because you're at work. Yeah. You know, you've got every excuse in the world. But I showed up late and they were like, don't be late again. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. <laughs> showed up late again and they went, here's your passport. And I was like, what? <laughs> Coach is like, see you, mate. We, we told you already. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. It took, me, it took me three months to get a visa. Like, yeah. I'm paying my agent back for yeah. paying for my visa. Like, yeah. I still owe Richie for the car. Yeah. Like, 500 I, bucks I short. I fled the country because yeah. I was 500 short on the bomb. Yeah. 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 But there's, um, like, the senior group like pulled me back and we, like had a meeting. Yeah. And it was uh, George Carmont. Oh, bro. And he was like, I will vouch for you to stay, but you can't mess up again. Like, you got to be squeaky. And that's how I kind of learned to be like more. Um, just more on, more switched on, more productive as a person and stuff like that. Um, had some real success at that club, man. It was awesome. It was so good. Had you played for the Cookies when you went over to Wigan or did that sort of come about while you were there? Nah, so my first game for the Cookies was 2009. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of our trainers at the Roosters said to me, oh, are you Cook Island? He's like, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh, they're having a training run, all the Cook Island boys. Um, be good, like get together, just get to know them and stuff. And I was like, all right, sweet. So me and that Sam Brunson guy, he's cookie as well. He's yeah. my roomie. So we went down together, had like a training run, played a bit of touch. And then at the end of the training session, they said, all right, boys, um, we've booked flights for you all. We're going to go to Cairns and play Samoa. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting to play some touch. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But there was all kids, like all 20s boys. Yeah. Like Zane Titivano, Tinida Arona. Yeah, gun. Um, they ended up, yeah. yeah, ended up gun. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dom Peru, Sam Mataora. It's Dom Peru, cookie. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's oh, cookie, man. He's about, he's about 10 things, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, it was a nice player here, bro. Right? Oh, he's for a long he's time. So good. He's still yeah. killing it, too. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But um, we, yeah, we all met at the airport. Still didn't really know each other's names and stuff, but got to know each other. Flew to Samoa, was all like NRL boys, mm. you know, all the Super League boys. We were meant to be their warm-up game before they played the Pacific Cup that year. Yeah. Um, we ended up beating them by like a two points. Yeah. And then after the game, they said, all right, boys, um, we didn't tell you. It wasn't a warm-up game. That was actually a qualifier in <laughs> itself. So we're going to have to go from here, fly up to PNG in the morning. Oh. It's you, Tonga, Fiji, and PNG. Far out. And so some boys had to go back to work. We were like on the phone calling in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because these are semi professional. Yeah, yeah. Taylor's brother. Like, he his Does your brother play? He's like, oh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, get him. <laughs> it was a bit like that, man, like yeah. just rounding up the boys. And um, we went over there, beat Fiji in the semi final. <laughs> <laughs> Don Peru scored last minute. We beat Fiji and then we played PNG in the final. Yeah. If we would have won that, we would have been in the Four Nations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy. It was like a real fairy tale story. And from that team, 
I think the whole team got signed somewhere. Roosters took like seven guys from that team. Wow. Brad Takarangi. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Takas. <laughs> yeah. But that team, like, that's years later and we're still so tight, man. Yeah, and those those away trips, like I can imagine. I'm even just talking to Isaac, like Isaac John um, was part of sort of those, those groups <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about like being in some amazing systems, even the Warriors and mm-hmm. 20s and then obviously Manly, he went away keen. He goes, bro, the tightest group I ever played with was those Cook Island battlers where we sort of were just thrown together yeah. and, you know, we didn't have all the gear and training facilities were a bit rank and, like, mm. game plan was kind of have a crack. And he goes, we're still, like, tight, all of just us. It's grateful guys. to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have the most yeah, fun, it's, right? It's Nothing special. to lose. Yeah, special because you're all, you're all bounded by, like, this this bloodline, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And we're all kind of very similar, you know? Our, our families are very similar, even mm. though we live in – different parts of Australia, That's New Zealand, cool, whatever. There's these similarities that we can all kind of bond bond yeah. with. But, um, yeah, the World <laughs> Cup times, man, that 2013 World Cup was crazy. So were you still playing in the UK during when yeah. that 2013? Yeah, yeah so, so talk I'd, us through that World I'd Cup. I like just started kind of like cracking it at Wigan. I'd got like a few games. Got picked for the Exiles that year. That was yeah. the last year they had Exiles. Oh, I remember that. With um, Daniel Anderson was coaching yeah. that. So I was like just kind of – my career was kind of starting to blossom. Yeah. And then, um, were you yeah. playing back row or were you playing in the centers? Nah, still center. Yeah. Yeah. So by this time, I think I had tried to go back row and they're like, oh, you can't tackle. <laughs> like, well, I've been playing center all this time. Like, I don't have to tackle. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe just stay at center. Stay I'm like, all right, so yeah. it suits me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And but, um, so that, that 2013, because obviously it's, it's a World Cup, which I did want to get to, yeah. um, talk us through sort of that season, that year. So you're starting to play well for Wigan, things are starting to happen for you. How yeah. does the, sort of the cookies come about from that? Um, yeah, so Wigan's blown up. We, I think we won the Challenge Cup that year. We won the Grand Final, so we've done the double. Mm. And then Wigan football team won the FA Cup that year too. Oh, would have been a hell of a place yeah. to be. Oh, yeah. It was a spot, man. You guys would have been doing absolutely nothing after, <laughs> after the game. Just a couple quiet yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys would have just been heading, heading home early, I'm sure. Nah, it was a spot, man. It was such a fun place to live that year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the year, all the boys came for the World Cup. And that was special. That was really cool. Um, that, was, that was fun, man. We, I think we had like... We had too much fun. We had six guys. What call it? Six guys or seven guys arrested during the during the. I remember up. like reading all yeah, about yeah, basically the headlines. the headlines. Yeah, just for yeah. just for dumb stuff. You know, yeah, just yeah. for like fights outside and like yeah. you know just being too pissed and stuff like that. Yeah. But the funniest one was on the last night. Uh, remember that show, The Valleys. Yes. Yeah. It was that like the Welsh version of like Geordie Shore. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we were at this nightclub and the Valleys were there. Oh, nice. Were they so, filming? Yeah, or, yeah. So everyone signed like a non-disclosure thing, and then we went in. And um, anyway, there was a big fight outside. Sammy Raps and Samata Order yeah. um, get arrested. And um, wrong, was it like a wrong place, wrong time thing? Yeah, or, yeah. just wrong place, wrong time. Like they done nothing. Yeah, but they were just you come here, you come yeah, here. Yeah. Pick the two biggest blokes. You <laughs> yeah, guys, yeah, pretty yeah. Much. yeah. And then um, they were arrested. No one told the coach. So yeah. we're driving from I think it was Bristol down to Wales <laughs> the next morning. It was Dave Fairley. He yeah. was a cookies coach in, and he gets up and he's like, "It's been a long tour. He's been through a lot. Of he's, yeah. he's a little bit stressed." And he gets up, he's all right, boys. Teamless for the last game. <clears throat> Fullback Jordan Rapana. Winger, and everyone's just like, oh, he's not here. He gets like halfway down the list, and he gets a tap on the shoulder. So I'm like, bro, Jordan Rapana's been arrested. Rip the list. <laughs> Anyone want to play fullback? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this poor guy. But yeah, he, he got up and said, look, this is the last time I'm going to coach you guys. Yeah. It's been great, but this yeah. isn't what I envisioned. But, um, in yeah, terms of like fun. your career, bro, like I know that there was that that was chaos, but 
you've got to have some special memories with that group. Like it yeah. might not have been like the 2009 on the field sort of performances, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure that, like you said, that group is still pretty special to you. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Like, brothers, brothers for life, eh? Yeah. Like it's just been cool how we can keep in touch, and even though the cookies don't play often, when we do, it's like yeah. really special to catch mm. up. And that's the reason why I came out of retirement for that. For the World that, Cup, um, yeah, the World Cup thing, you know, because like <laughs> me and my missus had broken up. Mm. I came back to New Zealand because I wanted to be, you know, with her, with my kids. And she was like, "Yeah, that's all good as long as you can be sure that you're retired." Yeah, like I'm sick of you. <laughs> like, like, every time, like you know, money every time gets a cookies jersey gets away from front of you. But she's like, as long as you agree, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sweet." Like, nah, I'm done traveling around. Like, I'm here now. Yeah, every day. And then it was tempting because I was looking for a job at the start of year and Salford and all these clubs were like, bro, come back. Yeah. Like Lee, Lee were like, mate, come back. You know, Really? Putting the money on the table and I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, nah, nah, I made my decision. And then, um, yeah, that World Cup came at the end of the year. We'll, we'll get to that. Let's talk a little bit. So you do the 13 chaos and then this is kind of where Benny and I, where you really came on our radar is you, you, you managed to make your way back to the Warriors. Is that 2016 or 17? 18. 18. Yeah. Um, talk me through how that sort of came about and um, it was at the time I think I saw the video you put out with the fake uh, newspaper ad in the paper and Mook's answering it oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but uh, talk us through how the Warriors sort of came back about bro and then um, obviously we have we all remember that iconic shot of you scoring the try in, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in the South End but um, how did the Warriors come back about bro because I know it's obviously a club you always wanted to play for yeah, yeah. Um, how did that work out for you 2018 bro um, yeah like I always wanted to play I remember uh, I came here to Mouse my seven they had like a like an expo thing, like a trade expo. Mm. I think I was like maybe 15, 16 at the time. And then you look at all the different things, you know, to be a sparky, you want to be a builder, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I don't know what I want to do. So I signed up for the Air Force. because yeah. <laughs> you could do something. <laughs> You're the most random. But then I was sitting, oh I went and took a seat in the stands. And I was just like, things. Man, the was real like, estate waiting. agent, plumber, <laughs> yeah. Air Force, former yeah. footy player. Yeah. Like, I'll just do the Air Force. Yeah, eh? yeah, not yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be mad up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can imagine That's you thinking as well, just be like, Oh, yeah, that looks gun. <laughs> Uniform. Yeah. Yeah, watch Top Gun note before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get to wear a boiler suit. Gun. Yeah. Uh, I walked out of there and I was like, man, nothing really appeals to me. Yeah. And I was sitting down and I was like, man, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And I was like, I was looking out at the field and mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck, this is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else but this, you know? Yeah. And then so it was always. Were you like, still in good shape? Like you felt like you could still obviously do it, obviously. Back yeah, then, well, yeah. This, was, this was at high school where the expo. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, so I was yeah. like 15, 16 yeah. at the time. But um, that, that moment stayed with me when I made up my mind because I'm quite an indecisive person. When mm. I made up my mind, this is what I want to do. Like I want to play for the Warriors one day. It's always been with me and always something I've held on to. So even when I was at Wigan, I was like, man, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen one day. I'm going to make my way back there. I'll make my way back there. So I had a picture of the tunnel, you know, the tunnel where the boys run out. Mm. I had that next to my light switch That's in my bedroom. Cool, so every um, night, yeah. you know, yeah. I'll wake up in the morning, um, flick it on and off. So I always see that and I always wanted to see myself, you know, coming out of there. And not long after I put that picture up, things like six months later, one of my mates rings me. Oh, he was like a former coach mm. and he had just made a bid to buy the Warriors. Mm. Uh, do you remember this guy, Paul Davies? Yes, I remember yeah. the, I remember yeah. the storylines around yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a big news piece at the time. I didn't know anything about it, but he called me going, mate, hey, you want to come back? I've just bought the Warriors. You want to come home? And I was like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> sure, Probably, no. nah, nah I'm nah. looking at the tunnel right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, how? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, man, like, you know, the whole universe working. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this is it. Like, this is how it happens. But anyway, that I was so excited and so pumped, and then it fell over, the whole thing of him. The sale, yeah. And I was just like, man, like, like uh, I know it's still going to happen one day. 
And then anyway, my girlfriend had had a, she was my girlfriend at the time. She had a car crash in, during the off season, I think 2017. And, um, it was really bad. I was on a stag do in Barcelona. I got a phone call, um, that she's had this car crash. So I flew straight back to Wigan. Far out. Um, the boys had training. Um, and I just said, look, I don't know. I got to go back, check on her. I'll be back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how bad it was or anything yeah. like that. She was still getting like multiple surgeries and stuff. So I flew back. And when I saw the state she was in, I was just like, man, I got to, I've got to stay here for her, you know. Yeah. So I was staying with Ryan Sutton at the time, in the Canberra fella. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had him, like, post my stuff back over. And then I was just in New Zealand, like, living now. And yeah. I was, like, looking for jobs and work. I talked to Sponge about playing for the Warriors. And he was like, nah, like, we're full. Sponge is uh, Tony Ira. Tony Ira, so yeah. One Tony of the great Ira. nicknames, mm. Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him, like, three or four times, and each time the answer was no. Yeah. And then I just go ask someone else, and they're yeah. like, nah, it's not happening. And eventually – they were just like, all right, bring your boots, like come have a trial. Yeah. And I thought if I get one shot, like I'm just going to wreck myself out yeah. there. So I came down and they had the boys that just come back from the 17 World Cup, all the Kiwis boys, Peter yeah. Hiku just signed, uh, Shawnee. Uh, they were Sol in Blairy's first year or Blairy maybe second year? Yeah, I think year. Blairy's first yeah. year. And Rog, Rog would have still been here? Yeah, Rog yeah. was still here. Yeah. So all the team were training, doing like con games, and then the other boys were doing like four and fives and all the, you know, the yeah. tough mahi that you do. I think this was like maybe January started Jan or something like that. So I was training with them and I was just like, fuck, like I'm going to go for it. So four and fives, I'm like, like gunning it. Shawnee's like miles ahead of me. Yeah. And I was 28 at the time. I'm thinking, man, I've missed it. Like yeah. I've waited too long. Like my body's not up to it. Yeah. It wasn't until like months later talking to Alex Corvo and he's like, mate, Sean Johnson's the best runner I've ever seen. He had me up at night. Shawnee <laughs> <laughs> can run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, he's mean, man. But yeah. yeah, just push myself and that was on the Monday and on the Wednesday they offered me a contract and I was like, Wow. Amen. Yeah. How many games did you squeak out uh, in 2018, bro? I remember you, you, you featured early in the season, and yeah. then uh, they brought you back sort of midway through. But what was that season like, bro? Because I know. What about actually? Let me flip that. The moment you actually get to run out of the tunnel, mm-hmm. or at least onto Mount Smart, whether you came out the tunnel or not. Yeah. Um, how was that for you, bro? Because it kind of it must have been a bit of a full circle moment in terms of yeah, far sure. out. Like I've gone from you know, plastered on my wall in Wigan to yeah, yeah. pulling on the black jersey and actually doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. my debut, my debut actually was um, against the Roosters. Mm. So oh. to come back to the yeah. NRL, to the against club the that sacked me, mm. was yeah. like, that was mean, man. Was that here or was that over there? That was over there. Yeah. 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 But that was, that was really special. And it was like, I don't know, it was like a redemption. Yeah. Yeah. And what about that home game? Um, let's talk about the photo. Because <laughs> uh, I was at the game as well. Yeah. How did that game itself play out in your head? And then I know you're a guy who loves to look at himself. That photo must be the now that's by the light switch. <laughs> yeah, surely. Or on the roof. Yeah, yeah on the, the roof. Day. Yeah. No, I, like, I like to put it up somewhere. I don't have uh, I don't have a good copy of it yet. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely want to get that one framed because that's a special moment. Boats are, boats are done. He's nodding his head. Yeah, yeah. Boats is gone. <laughs> But, what, uh, what was that season like, bro, um, overall? And then I suppose we'll, we'll get to, obviously, the, the, the latest World Cup. But was a, oh, that was the last time we kind of saw you in a Warriors jersey properly yeah. playing. Um, how was, was that, man? It was a little bit nerve-wracking because I, I hadn't actually been released for my contract at Wigan. Mm. So I was still contracted there. And they said, if you play for the Warriors, you owe us 60 grand. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I was, it was more than that, but I said, fuck, I'm, they're not going to pay 100 grand for me at the Warriors. I can pay a transfer I was fee, like, yeah. let's, mm. let's, like, you know, let's negotiate something and say, all right, well, we want 60K. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. And the Warriors said, if you play five first grade games, we'll pay it You're justified, you. yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I made my debut, I was like, fuck, oh, 60 grand. <laughs> 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 60 grand. <laughs> 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 Better score a try here, right? Four games, yeah. damn. 
I think it was my second game. I came off the bench. I played two minutes against the Cowboys. Yeah. And the boys were like, oh, head up, man. Head up. I'm like, bro, I got three games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> head up, man. I'm, I'm scratching off my wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now that game against the Dragons, um, packed house. I think we've been like, I think we're like five games out of six. Like, yeah. Like wins. Um, that was special, man. Like having all my family there that hadn't watched me play. Yeah, of UK, course. Yeah, you know, they'd watch me on TV and stupid o'clock in the morning all these years. Yeah, it was a, it was them, a sellout too. I remember yeah, it was a massive occasion. To have yeah. them all there and stuff, and then yeah, the game the game was a bit of a blur. But I remember getting that little short ball off Greeny, cutting inside, and then yeah. as soon as I put the ball down, yeah, like I stood up and I was just like, it was like the weight of like all these years of like waiting and anticipating and yeah you know pushing yourself going for swims when you don't have to but you're like just trying to keep in shape and keep yourself within the realm of this dream happening like it hits you all at once and i was just like it was such like a it, it, it looked cliche like you look at the photo now and you probably like it's a matte photo yeah. but we'll put it on the screen for anyone who's wondering what it looks like but it does it was kind of the only pose or the only moment that kind of summed up exactly what you were feeling, you know? So although it came to you naturally and it, it might have looked like a bit of a carry-on, but like yeah. it does, like uh, you said, cool. it felt that kind of release yeah. of like I actually, from the 15-year-old kid who came to this trade expo trying to be a pilot to now <laughs> scoring at a packed house against the Dragons uh. off, off Greening, which is, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> one of the goats, yeah. and you have this moment in front of the South Stand which is like... Yeah. It's gonna be pretty special, bro. Nah, special man. It was, uh, that was raw emotion too. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to it because this is what Benny and I want to get to most. Your ninth coming out of retirement, mate. You managed to play in the last World Cup. Um, I, I saw you in Sydney. You came over and popped into work, and the, the cookies were still playing. So I couldn't figure out how that had worked. But talk me through <laughs> last year um, and how sort of your last sort of hurrah mm. with the Cook Island side came about, bro. Yeah, so I'd, I'd retired fully from footy. Um, you know, like I said with my missus, I was like, yeah, I'm done. But because this popped up, like she knew it was special to me. But at the same time, she's got a new job. She's doing all this job change. She's got two kids. Mm. She's like, fuck, what, are you going to leave for five weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, it doesn't work. So the compromise was I play the first two games. Yeah. And whether we make the quarterfinals or not, after the second game, I come back. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I seen you in Sydney on yeah. the way home. I turned up to work in um in Sydney, bro, and um because the World Cup was going on, mm. and we were at the time running sort of a football content. Yeah, yeah. And um, I walk in, and he's just sitting up at the bench having a coffee with my boss, and I was like, obviously excited to see him. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, I have a game on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like, you playing? Were you just ago? playing? Like I was watching the the interview on your account mm. while I was walking into the office, and I was like. The heck is he well, doing even I was like, yeah. like announce his retirement. I was like, that's mid tournament. Like, <laughs> yeah. You might be the first player to announce his retirement mid World Cup. I think, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, how how did that sort of arrangement go with the team? They're obviously happy to just to have you there and a part of it. Or yeah, we we're yeah. struggling. We we're struggling a bit for outside backs, yeah. especially for like a bit of experience. Mm. You know, because the boys from that it was 09 a young side. Team, uh, yeah, from yeah. that 09 team, I think we had maybe four guys left. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they are kind of dwindling away. That's pretty crazy to have four guys even from – that's a long time yeah. ago, bro, 2009. Yeah. Like, to have four guys carried over and playing, that's yeah, still pretty still cool. Playing, yeah, Those are the ones that looked after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, nah, there's a couple um, – I think Jordan Rapana, because he's over at the Kiwis. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he would have been a fifth one. Actually, no, nah, he was 2013, wasn't in the 09. If the Cook Island side had access to, like, let's say the um, – we've seen what Tom and Samoa have mm. done over the recent years mm. – 
Who is eligible that's sort of playing for Tier One Nations at the moment? Oh, is bro, this all the guns? Yeah, all Joey Manu. Guns. He's Joey Cook Island. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Joey, Joey Manu. Manu, Jordy Reps, um, Chance. Chance, of course. Yeah, Marata. Josh Papali'i. Mm, yeah. Far out. What about um? Is Val, what's Val? Valentine Val, Holmes. Yeah. Is Valentine Holmes Cooker as well? Oh, there might be one more come out there of retirement are. to come, mate. It's only four more years, bro. <laughs> four more years. That's you can sell her on it now. Three, three more years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it got... Oh, yeah, the last one took five years. Never, like say, never say never, man. If there's one guy who can come out of retirement, it's Jello. Um, all right, bro, and talk us through, obviously, the iconic piece of footage for your World Cup, despite how well you played, because you had a good crack, mm, yeah. was your post-match interview that um, I know Benny and I wanted to touch on. I know the answer to this, because I know you well enough to know that that wasn't pre-rehearsed, because you just say whatever comes to you, but... Yeah. Talk me through that interview and what was going through your head when you start shouting out, shouting out tourism Rarotonga in the middle of the <laughs> it was um, It was actually when we first got – when the team actually flew to the UK, we had like a civic reception in the town we were staying in. Yeah. And Spongy, Tony Iroh, got up. And that was part of his speech as well. Like he plugged the Cook Islands. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's important. Like, mm. you know, if we're here representing our country that thrives on tourism, it's like our number one industry. Mm. Which has struggled in recent years, obviously. Yeah, I know. So coming out of COVID, like we need, we need some people back. So I thought, if if an opportunity does come up to like, you know, plug plug the country, just so it happened to be the halftime. Yeah, because I remember watching and I was like halftime, and that's what you're thinking. And you remember Benny good. You remember like think about like iconic moments in sport, like Australasian sport. Mm. One of them is obviously like Honey Badger was like famous for nailing. Like you'd almost hang around after the game just to listen to what he had to yeah, say. And yeah. it kind of felt like that a little bit. It was like this moment where usually, you know, halftime interviews can be, yeah. you know, pretty pretty stock standard. Yeah. And you just came out came out the gate with it. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like it took me, I think it was early in my career, I realized you don't actually have to say what they're expecting you to say. Mm. Like the microphone's in your face. You can say whatever you want, yeah. you know. And they, they don't mind most of the time. Yeah, you know, if it's if it's well, they, unique the game wants characters, don't yeah. they? Exactly, yeah. if it's unique and it's entertaining, just just be yourself. And that's that's something I've always tried to be with my content is just be yourself. And it's hard sometimes because you know you feel like you got to fit this this mold of you know I'm a professional athlete and you know yeah. I'll talk about my endorsements and this and this and <sighs> no one cares. Just say yeah. just say what you want. That you know? segues nicely, actually, mate. You're a pro at this. I yeah. wanted to talk about before we get you out of here, bro, because I know that you uh, you've got a lot on at the moment. Uh, Let's talk about the content space because in my eyes and for those who might not know, um, Jello, you were one of the first players I really saw put an emphasis on their personal brand, even if you didn't really know you were doing it because I know a lot of it, whether it was just scaring your roommate or whatever, you were just doing for fun. But um, throughout your career, how has that changed, bro? You were a guy who was creating original social content Mm. at a time when not a lot of people were and now you've seen a lot of athletes kind of lean into it, um, which is kind of what the space Benny and I operate in. but. How was that, bro? Was that a conscious effort? You always enjoyed the videos and that, making that sort of stuff? Uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. for me, like I'm a creative person. So to have that outlets, that's something like, like I need that. You Outside know? of footy? Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it wasn't always to build a new series. Like sometimes I'll just do something as a one-off. Like a sketch just yeah, for Yeah, like I'll put a rap off. song together and, yeah. you know, that's it. I'm not going to write an album. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. just want to create something. But yeah. this is when the first time I spoke to you, yeah. Um, I think it was end of 2018, was it? Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Or 2017. Like, first time I sat down and spoke with you, we talked about how the content space was changing. Yeah. And I think you said at the time, like, there's enough there for everyone to be their own, their yeah. own, 
you know, broadcaster. Mm. And you, well, you said yourself, like, you know, footy shows did. Yeah. And then that didn't come out that for the didn't next come season out. you've caught we, it. Um, Oracle. Hey? Uh, yeah, just things like that. Like, it's changing in a mm. way that, you know, everyone can do everything themselves. I was operating as a sports journalist in 2018, Benny, and I came to um, one of our one of the early – so Gallup had just been signed, I think. Mm. Um, so it's after the training he spoke about when Shawnee was disappearing in the distance. <laughs> and, um, and I asked to interview him because I was like, I didn't know much about him and I knew that he knew Isaac and the boys. And we started chatting and we did kind of like a standard interview. Mm. And then we probably just sat there for about 10, 15 minutes and, and he's going, oh, bro, if there's anything that you want me to do here or if you wanted to shoot or anything original. Mm. And I was like, me and yeah. Bodie were standing there like, yeah, um, can we film? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was weird at the time. And 2018 doesn't seem that long ago, but it was weird at the time to have a football player seek out advice mm. and, and want mm. to sort of create. And I suppose you see a lot more people doing it now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, well, it's stock standard now, but back yeah. then it was probably like your footy player stay in your lane kind yeah. of stuff, which was completely the wrong mindset. And now people love that content. So yeah. hats off to you, bro. How did you? How was it received in a locker room sense, bro? Because um, whether it's you know guys like Ryan Sutton or uh, Tommy Lulawai, or like you've been around some some OGs. Yeah. Uh, how does how was kind of what you were doing outside of footy received in the locker room, bro? Was it? Was there any any friction, or the boys give you a bit of stick, or yeah, the boys didn't really know how to take it. Someone was just like they just called me a weirdo. Yeah. Like, you're a weirdo, and you are. Like, so how, that's fine. <laughs> how do you think of that? You're a weirdo. What makes you do that? Like, yeah. But I thought, well, weirdo doesn't really hurt my feelings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll take weirdo, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But what? what I want. I got a question for you guys because mm. one thing I love about the Warriors this year is the content. Mm. You know, like the trip to Welly. You know, the jersey presentations. The way that we've kind of like kind of built a story. Yeah, you know, as a brand, you want to build a story. It hasn't been great, mm. you know, in the last few years. Like I always, this is something that's hard, especially with uh, organization. It's easy to document the good times, yeah, you know. And when everyone's winning, we get in there, mm. bang the drum on the team song, and there's heaps of footage of that. Yeah, when things go south, and as I get that camera out of here, yeah, you know, and you saw it with the All Blacks this year. Oh, sorry, late last year, they start losing, and all the doors close. Yeah. Ian Foster get two words out of him, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, you'll prepare for next week and that's all you get. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's like if, if you want to follow an organization that's sharing their story, it's kind of like like the story at the moment is you're reading a book but all the bad pages are ripped out. Yeah. Well, I think, bro, that's, it's a like good – how, 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 how do you keep the documentation going? How do you tell your story through the bad times? Mm, I think it's key with any sports organization. We, we are blessed at the moment uh, between myself, Benny, Bodie, Rob, Michael. I know these names – won't mean a lot to a lot of people, but there's a big group, and obviously Logan Logan Dodds is our mm. chief video guy, and he's he's a weapon at the moment. Um, it's it's just about being transparent, and it's not necessarily that we put the cameras away when when the tide turns, because at the end of the day, our main thing is our football team, mm. and we don't shy away from that. The boys got to perform on the field, and there was a bit of a moment uh, down in Wellington where we had done so much work in the build up to the game, and they took to the field, and it was kind of a bit of a moment where we all went, oh, our job's done. Mm. We can't help beyond here it's up to the boys and you know they obviously did their thing and um and what have you but i think the important thing for us mate is as an organization we just want to we want to turn the lens onto the fans so mm. in those moments when maybe the boys have had a really rough day at training and maybe dylan walker doesn't want me to shove a microphone in his face this morning because he's you know just been belted or whatever well that's an opportunity where we can showcase whether it's through the foundation we did a mm. nice story with jakey down in um, wellington and yeah. what the foundation's doing um, our community work in the schools or just our staff. Mate, people are interested in, mm. in what Bodie does day to day. People mm. are interested in <laughs> – he's shaking his head. Well, when you had your beard, they were. Now you look a bit – yeah. Um, but they're interested in what you and Jerry are doing. and yeah. You know what I mean? So for us, we don't have uh, 
necessarily a blueprint for, okay, let's say the boys, you know, season goes downhill and, mm. you know, Webby shuts down and all that. It helps, mate, to have people, whether it's Cameron, our CEO, Webby, mm. uh, even Tohu, like the senior people within the organization, they get it. Yeah, so yeah. they understand that there is a need to show the fans a peek behind the curtain of what goes on here day to day. So mm. to be honest, bro, win, lose, or draw, our job doesn't really change. Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep producing the same stuff, and Benny and I are going to be down here every week doing this mm. with players and staff and yeah. tend to get butch on and just characters around the game, bro. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's important to keep that, keep that door open because when things are going good and the content's amazing, that's mm. what fans can really connect to. Mm. And then when it doesn't go well and you shut the doors, that – like they it alienates fans. You know, man. you want to win yeah. together, mm. but you also got to lose together. But mm. if you shut the doors when it's a loss, who are the fans losing with? Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you go away and we'll go away and we'll and we'll come back. It creates that disconnect. But that's kind of like, like for myself personally, like I was always making content, mm. and I went through a real rough patch a couple of years ago, and I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, you know? mm. so I kind of I lost a lot of people on that social space because I they, didn't feel as authentic. Yeah, well, they feel disconnected. Like, well. You're not telling. You're not letting. Like, we don't know what's. It's easy going when on. you're winning flags for Wigan. You're all yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. But it's, that's 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 me personally. Like I think everyone goes through a tough time, and you don't want to put that all over social mm. media. But you're personal. You can make that decision. Yes. You know, it's your decision. When you're an organization and you're sharing your story, yeah, we have an obligation to the fans yeah. to show. There's an obligation to yeah. ride the waves because yeah, it's awesome to see the All Blacks winning now, but. Mm. You know, the story goes like this. You don't watch a mm. sports movie. Think mm. of this as a sports movie. You don't watch a movie that's just. And we're winning yeah. every game, yeah. and it's amazing in the end. Nah. Yeah, you know, it's got to go up and down and up and down. And you you take hold of those characters and you you embrace them and you go along with mm. them. You know, mm. I think also like the more you humanize the players, the ease, like the more you get around them in the tough times. Like, because yeah. you start to realize they're just normal people. Normal Not everyone people, has a yeah. good day at work every day. So yeah. like, it takes the losses. Like it makes them feel easier and you, you feel more sympathetic for them rather than just piling on and going nuts because like you know a bit more about that person and what makes them tick, things yeah, like yeah. that. So. Benny's, Benny's hit the nail on the head there, mate, because like we do little things like we, we are planning a bit of a day off series at the moment, so this is a bit of a spoiler. So, well, it's not a spoiler, it's a teaser. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're shooting a bit of a day off series. So the boys in season, they kind of, they really only get one day off a week in theory, um, in terms of where Warriors they get less because yeah, you yeah. got a travel day. You so in terms week. of like an actual day off, they're lucky to get a whole day a week, yeah. but when they do and they're happy to share it with us, we want to get around them and shoot it. Um, mm. the boys went out on a fishing charter yesterday, so that was a nice little break for them. So they mm. had their afternoon off. Um, and it just like Ben said, it just humanizes them. It makes them realize that, yeah. They are in a high-stress, high-performance environment, and they take their roles very seriously. But when they get a moment, they do exactly what we want to do. We want to go for a fish, or we want to go for a coffee with our mates, or we want to – you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's it, bro. To, to be honest, it, I can't under like emphasize it enough. It really helps having support from higher up. So mm. if you've got guys at the highest level from a commercial standpoint in terms of the CEO of the, mm. and the boss and the owner, Robbo, who get it, and then below that you get football, Webby, uh, you know – Dingo, the guys that kind of trickle down to us, and they understand the need for it, and they understand that one can't operate without the other, and mm. vice versa. And at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is have show the fans a good time. Yeah. Um, it, it makes our jobs a hell of a lot easier, mate. We really haven't had any friction yet, yeah. and, and regardless of wins or losses, I can't see that changing because we got this <laughs> as a default. Yeah. You know, it's a no, nice, easy it. conversation yeah. we can sit down. So yeah, uh, bro. I think you guys have killed it so far this year, man. And um, yeah, keep it going, mate. Eh? 
Appreciate it, man. All right, well, Jello, bro, we really appreciate you coming in. Um, Thanks for You heard me. it here first, one more World Cup, yeah. three years. <laughs> the Cook Islands Supreme <laughs> Center is coming back. But, bro, we'll do this again later in the year, man. And congratulations on all the stuff you're doing in the welfare department as well, bro. It's awesome. Uh, appreciate it, brother. All right, man. My man, you. Later, bro. That's us for another episode of One Take. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember to hit the like, comment, or subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Shout out to the TAB for supporting the show. If you are going to have a punt on the NRL or the Warriors this weekend, head along to their website, www.tab.co.nz, or download the app. Remember to gamble responsibly and up the wires.